Alright, happy week 11 everybody. It's Tuesday, November 17th. You're listening to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, your destination for both some feel-good life and some uh, mediocre fantasy football advice. <laughs> I'm Seth Woolcock. I'm your host coming at you from Happy Valley, PA. I'm joined by my co-hosts, as always, Thomas Kuda, coming from the Sunshine State of Florida. And Nate Polvote coming from the high state of Colorado. What's up, guys? What's going on, gentlemen? How are we doing today? Pretty fantastic. It's a beautiful day down here in Florida, as always. <laughs> 65 outside right now. It's perfect. Yeah, it was about – it got up to 65 here today, too, which was amazing. I think Seth got a little bit of snow up there in PA, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, on and off blizzard this afternoon. Uh, so broke out the I don't know if anyone, the blizzard hops today. Nice Trogues beer. Uh, nice. What are you gentlemen drinking today? I have got an Avalanche from Breckenridge Brewery. It's an amber, pretty good local place in Denver. Nice, nice. Yeah, your boy got some H two O. All right, all right. That's always that's always a positive thing. It's a Tuesday. Try I get it, Tom. Trying to stay hydrated this Tuesday evening. <laughs> I get it. I get it, man. Before we get get started with the show, like I was just thinking before before the live stream today, like what is it with all these college towns and like how freaking cool they make them sound? Happy Valley, Ann Arbor, Michigan, College Station, Texas, Baton Rouge, Boulder, Colorado, Nate. Like like what? I don't know. They always always just sound dope. Boulder may sound dope. <laughs> It's not my. I spent a lot of time there when I was like in high school. I just don't really. But I mean, it is a cool name. Yeah, yeah, cool I'll name. Give you that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Tom's got Gainesville down there, right above him too. Oh, I know, dude. Gainesville's wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you're used to checking out our audio version, you can continue to do so. Uh, episodes will be dropping every Wednesday night, as always. Um, and if you're here tuning in to tonight. Let us know. Drop a comment. Drop a drop a what's up. You know, if you got questions, whatever, whatever you're drinking, you know, feel free to tell us. Let us know what's going on. Uh, we're going to be live streaming to Twitter, Facebook, and eventually when we figure it out, YouTube as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if you want to take our show on the go, you can subscribe to the podcast or leave us a review. We're on iTunes, Google Pod, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Blueberry, iHeart, Deezer, pretty much all the big ones. Uh, so check us out there as well. You can find myself on Twitter at between underscore Seth FF. You can find Tom at Thomas Kuda and Nate at Janate Jack 2017. I know that by heart now because I've had to say it so many times. <laughs> uh, you can find the show, the site, everything we have going on over in between media at IBT underscore media. Boys, uh, a lot has happened in the, in the last, I think, what, seven, eight days since we've talked. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, I mean, the Drew Brees injury, that's an interesting one. All the way going back to Thursday night even when uh, Naeem Hines and, and Jonathan Taylor went off as well. I mean, or Jonathan Taylor failed to go off, but uh, definitely an interesting week Week 10. Very clarifying. I feel like I have a lot of clarity moving forward here now. Yep, definitely. Here's some clarity, uh, honestly, is that the Steelers didn't lose again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so undefeated. Okay, I figured – we made it through this week. I mean, yeah. I don't want to jinx anything, but you know, right? And it looks like Drew Locke is definitely not the guy in Denver. Yeah, yeah, you I mean, away, man. That was painful to watch, but man, he just like he just doesn't have the vision. Even when they were speeding up against the Raiders, he just didn't have it. I mean, four picks. I'm Sorry, telling man. you, I my Elway conspiracy theory is there. He's tanking it so he can stay the best. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Guys, we'll break all this down. We're going to break some more stuff down in the podcast as well. We're going to do a little uh, – we're going to redraft kind of the the rookie running backs here in a segment. We're going to talk about some in-the-scope candidates. Guys, we're going to be catching off our free agency. And we're also going to be finding uh, some peacefulness kind of at the end of the show. We're going to have some life advice coming your way as well. So uh, let's jump into it with some temperature check.
Yeah, so uh, it was kind of a crazy, crazy week. Again, we we got a lot of clarity. We feel like DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, two of the you know premier rookie running backs, but you know they were kind of undrafted or, or lower drafted than one might have anticipated coming into this season. Um, they both go over twenty fantasy points once again. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, don't look now, but he was out snapped and outplayed hard by Nyan Hines on Thursday night. So. Gentlemen, we kind of talked about this uh, prior to the show, and right now, if uh, if we're redrafting the running backs of this class, who, who's who's going first? Tom, uh, you did a great job re-ranking these, so uh, why don't you take it up? Well, I think first, um, and in a tier all by himself, is James Robinson. I mean, even with his bye weekend, like done already and stuff, he's still the running back number four in – PPR this year and he definitely has the most secure role I mean this team is like getting blown out every game like the rest of the team's kind of crumbling around him basically and he's just like the lone bright spot but I mean he's shining very bright right now <laughs> yeah yeah he's been impressive yeah it's, it's hard not to see him kind of in a tier of, of his own right now like no RB no RB from this rookie class has been in RB1 throughout the majority of this season so it's hard not to put Robinson in that category yeah, not yet. No, no one's like – there's people like closing in on it. Like, I mean, the second tier is people who probably will end up running back one. It's just not – they're going to be like 9, 10, 11, not number four. <laughs> yeah. T- tell me a little bit about your tier two there, Tom. Who Who's kind of in this class behind James Robinson? All right. So coming in at my number two spot here, like our, you guys agreed with it. So I guess our consensus number two spot here is um, I have DeAndre Swift – which I know a lot of people are going to be like, why isn't CH or second in your list? He's number 12 right now. And DeAndre Swift, like now that he's actually getting the run, I mean, he had double digits in seven out of nine games. He's number 13 so far this season. He does have his bye weekend as well. So um, I'm not sure what you guys think about that, but he's definitely solidly my number two out of this class so far. I didn't I mean, make an argument he's number one, but – yeah, it, it, it's hard to argue with what James Robinson has done, but if we were drafting for the rest of the season, it'd be hard not to think Swift goes before him. I agree with you on that one, Nate. Well, and I think for Dynasty, I'm taking I take Swift before Robinson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. Dynasty wise, I'm definitely taking Swift first. I came into this season, guys, like I was a Swift truther. He was really close to being one of my all ins, and uh, that kind of carried along into Dynasty as well. But I mean. He doesn't have insane stats like when you look at it right now. Just over 70 attempts, 31 receptions, but he's been so hyper-efficient in those attempts that he's been allotted so far this season. 600 combined yards, six total touchdowns. You're getting what you want to see. He was named the starter this last week, and he, he showed up once again. Like To the eye test, he looks like the best rookie running back I've seen. Probably not close. I agree. Yeah, and now that he's like got the comfort of being officially the starter, you know, yeah. like that says a lot. I think about your your attitude and like how much you're gonna not necessarily that he's gonna work harder, but I mean, it does change a lot to have your coach's full confidence and say like you're the guy now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if you're DeAndre Swift owner right now and you're able to ride out kind of that shaky part through the beginning of the season, hopefully add some guys like Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, uh, you know, a Derrick Henry, someone who's carrying you. And now you have DeAndre Swift, who could be an RB1 the rest of the way. Absolutely. Your patience paid well, paid off well here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then number three on the list, um, for me anyway, is Antonio Gibson. Kind of a similar mm-hmm. situation to Swift, to, to be honest with you. Um, he's number 14 on the season right now. Same situation. He's got his bye weekend already. He'll probably pass CEH this week, provided he puts up a good game like he should. But, yeah, I mean, it really is cut from the same mold here um he's now the guy there they've definitely figured out a way to work him into their game plan um to show off his strengths in the best way possible well i think he benefits too from alex smith being the starter if you think about it i mean smith threw for what 390 yards no touchdowns on sunday looked great but their red Mm -hmm. zone game is antonio gibson now yeah, yes. for the, I mean, for the rest of the season, he's going to be the guy who's getting those carries. You're not going to see Alex Smith throwing inside the 20. Yeah. And maybe one or two, but not not often enough. And I think that makes Antonio – I mean, he's sexy to me the rest of the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, he's another one. If you could kind of ride his instability in the early part of the season, you're probably really happy right now. I mean, to me, I see Antonio Gibson more of a run-heavier DeAndre Swift. He has over 600 scrimmage yards on the season, but he's been more involved in the run game than the past so far by a wide margin. Seven rushing TDs, no receiving touchdowns. And J.D. McKissick's a huge part of that. Like, I'll be honest, I I was completely – I wrote off J.D. McKissick, Tom. Nobody even brought him up in the podcast earlier this season. And, like, I wanted nothing to do with, with smooches over there. But, uh, I mean, it's hard to argue with what J.D. McKissick's doing. But I feel like that's w- – without J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson would probably be the number two ru- rookie running back right now. Yeah. yeah. You got the pass work, definitely. So what do you got next, Tom? All right. Next up is C.E.H. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um like we said, like I mentioned, he's number 12 currently. Just had his bye. They got the Raiders this week. So Raiders have been an awesome matchup, though, if, if you've been playing running backs against them. Uh, you know, it, it seems like the games they lose are the games when other running backs have great games against them and that their own running back, Josh Jacobs, does not have that great of a game. Uh, CH, I mean, I think the Lev Bell concern is no longer a concern if you're a CH owner. Um, but I also think at the end of the day, like CH's best performance has been 20 fantasy points. His, his ceiling is not DeAndre Swift. It's not James Robinson. It's not Antonio Gibson. Like he's going to be steady. I don't think he's a league winner though. He's, he's a guy who is a solid RB two the rest of the way. Yeah. That really seems like the role he's worked his way into, you know, 10, 11, 12 points every week. Very consistent. I mean, incredibly consistent, but definitely not popping off those, you know, 200 yard. 30-point kind of games. Not a first-round ADP-worthy back. No. Mm-hmm. No. No, and I, I think that kind of almost gets us to our Tier 3 guys as well. Like, these are some other the bigger-name guys here, Tom. Why don't you just kind of list your next tier off here? Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and kind of group them all together because they all kind of suffer the same symptoms. <laughs> but the next ones come for me. Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Joshua Kelly, and oh. Zach Moss. I'll kind of group into the tier three of people who are, you know, really trying their best. They're just not getting the work. Um, some of them, Joshua Kelly, are not producing when they get that work. Um, so for better or worse, all of them are just kind of floundering, have an awkward spot, so they just can't really figure out where they fit right now. Well, I think Jonathan Taylor kind of lost his job to Niam Hines on Thursday. I mean, and you saw it with him. Like he, Jonathan Taylor has no vision. He, yeah. doesn't, he, he doesn't see holes. Like, he's a powerful guy, and he'll bowl over you, but he's not like Christian Okoye, if you guys remember him. Like, he's not he's not big enough to be that guy. He's got a, He has no finesse, and Dobbins is a shame. That's such a shame because he's I, yeah. such a good back. I think it's, I, I, it's just like you talked about it last week, I think, Nate. Like, John Harbaugh, he's going to keep going back to – to Mark Ingram, no matter what Dobbins does or doesn't do, like what was even like Gus Bus was literally Gus Edwards so much better than than Mark Ingram was on Sunday, and that's probably a huge reason they lost that game. Like they couldn't run the ball outside of Lamar Jackson because Ingram's just inefficient as hell this season. Yeah, no, it, it, they're running games so much better with Dobbins, and we saw it the week where Dobbins went off and they yeah. won, and Dobbins had a great game. And they, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I, he should be on another team if Harbaugh's not going to use him. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame he's in Baltimore. At this point, I can't figure out why he's not just moving on from Ingram and just, if he wants a rotation, just rotate the young people at least. Like, for goodness' sake. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, I I agree with all. I agreed with all your rankings coming in, but how (laughs) dare you have Joshua Kelly above Zach Moss? Joshua Kelly does not above any of the rest of the rookie running backs, he does not deserve to be on a squad right now. Like I, I was just, you know, communicating with Chris Hayes, another one of our analysts here in between media. And he was saying how he was done with Joshua Kelly after week 10 dog. I've been done with Joshua Kelly since week seven. Like that man, if you played him, any of those like golden matchups, like Jacksonville at the beginning of the season, like you got burned. Joshua Kelly, he should be on your waivers. Like no matter who is the RB one on this team, Josh Kelly will always be the RB2, whether it's Austin Eckler, whether it's Justin Jackson, Tremaine Pope, 
Kalen Balage, like that has to tell you something. If they're willing to just bring Kalen Balage off the street and play him, like Joshua Kelly's off your roster. And I think Zach Moss, like you can hold on to him because he's bet better than Devin Singletary. RIP. I mean, yeah, you can hold on to him, but he's not, I don't know, he's not doing a ton. He's very touchdown dependent. Zach Moss, yeah. I mean, yeah. Josh Kelly's not doing much either, honestly. That's why they're, that's why they're down there. They were like on the verge of getting kicked to the tier where I just wrote the rest. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, my one argument for Zach Moss is to me, I seem like a, a better Malcolm Brown because like he's going to get some receiving work. He's not like, he's going to have at least two or three receptions probably each game or at least that many targets. So it can translate into some good stuff. Uh, we, we've seen him in the last two weeks prior to week 10 ha- have good performances. I'm not giving up on Zach Moss yet, but Tom, why don't you break down your your tier four? I guess you can kind of just mention them because they've always they've. I mean, they're not super relevant the rest of the way. Yeah, kind of the stinkers for this year. It's kind of a shame too because a couple of them ended up here that I was, you know, I know at least a couple of us hoped wouldn't, but it's basically just like you know DJ Dallas, E Ryan, Cam Akers, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, it's just, I mean, anybody who wasn't on the list ahead of them is. They're doing a whole lot of nothing. I know the uh, Ahmed from the Dolphins, he, I mean, he popped off this week, but as soon as people were back healthy again, he's going back to the bench. So, yeah, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't have any confidence in any of them to have roles or produce or like, I mean, Cam Akers was the best rusher for the Rams this weekend. He went for what, 38 yards, 10 carries. Yeah. Garbage. That's a real running back by committee situation, but dynasty. I love Acres long term. Uh, I mean, I'm still holding them. I haven't gotten rid yeah, of Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah, you, you can't sell them at this point in Dynasty. Uh, I mean, DJ Dallas has flashed at times. He, he's looked nice when he's up, been allotted the opportunity when they'll use him. I've liked what I've seen from Ryan so far. I think I'll continue to hopefully uh, once Adam Gase is hopefully vacated. So, But yeah, I agree with you guys. Cam Akers, like Keyshawn Vaughn. There are a lot of people drafting Keyshawn Vaughn pretty early this offseason, and hopefully hopefully Leonard Fournette got in there before people wasted too much uh, draft capital on him. Um, but at the end of the day, guys, like like I think we this was a great exercise for us, kind of figure out where these rookie RBs the rest of the way are in redraft and how we kind of see them in Dynasty too. I feel, I feel a lot better out there, and I hope our listeners and or viewers do as well. So... Let's get into uh, an interesting situation. The New England backfield There's actually quite a bit to talk about with this with Rex Burkhead and Damian Harris. Seth, who do you like? Who do you like more? Especially going forward the rest of the season. Who do you like more? Okay. That's, that's a super interesting question, Nate. And this is coming from a place of a Damian Harris truther. I hyped this guy up all off season. Uh, But with that being said, boys, I'm all in on sexy sexy. How can you not be like RB 22 in PPR format so far this season, 22 points in week 10. I mean, the dude has an eye for the end zone and I worry that maybe Sony Michelle could come back a little bit and eat in Damian Harris's work. And Damian Harris has strictly been on the ground. I, I like Rex's, uh, you know, their usage of him more. And I think it will pay dividends going forward. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I like Damian Harris, too, though. He's kind of one of those guys who he runs hard, 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 Mm -hmm. like super hard. And, dude, Cam Newton can't really throw the ball. I mean, let's be honest. His arm's kind of been trash. Jacoby Myers is great, fits him, and I love Jacoby Myers. But outside of that, like, it's, it's a run game in New England. Yeah, yeah. You want the backs. You don't want Cam and... You can, I guess, throw Jacoby Myers out there if you want to, like in a you know three wide receiver league or a league where you're really struggling at wide receivers. But yeah, other than that, I don't really want any of this New England offense. Nah, see, I like Jacoby Myers. I rostered him a couple of places, and it—I mean, it's worked. Yeah, yeah. For no, now, I—I—I I, I do think Myers is going to be viable moving forward, but just Cam's arm really like. Really, like I, that, just is is my biggest struggle there. I guess. Well, no, I'm with you. I, I keep waiting for it to get better. Maybe it will. Probably won't. Probably never know. <laughs> you never know. Tom, uh, where where are you on Damien or Sexy Rexy, baby? 
I don't know. I feel like we play the Rex Burkhead game every season where, you know, he just like he'll show up for a few weeks, he'll do some stuff, it's good, and then he leaves again. I mean, they have less, they have fewer options to work with this week or this uh, season. So, I mean, he's gotten a little more consistent work. I think I still land on the, the Damian Harris side. Like, if I had to pick one of the two to own, mm-hmm. I think that's purely just for me of like, I've seen enough from Sony Michelle. Like, I don't, I don't think he's got it in oh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the way that they're gonna want to run the ball, I just I think that Harris is like the perfect fit for them to just jam it as often as they can. Um, You worry about Burkhead kind of continuing to get the touchdowns, but I don't worry about it enough yet to not like to pick him over Harris. Mm -hmm. I still kind of prefer to go the consistent. Like I think he's gonna bang out enough hundred yard games that his touchdowns are gonna kind of move toward the average of how many somebody running 100-yard games should have. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. My, my only thing, like, on Burkhead this season, which I feel like is different than seasons past, is where's James White, guys? Like, James White, since his his family tragedy, which, you know, you feel super sad for, uh, he has not been relevant at all. James White's been dropped in a lot of leagues, and, like, Rex Burkhead is getting James White's, like, a majority of his touches that he's seen. Like, I don't know if James White is strictly a Tom Brady thing, or I, I don't know if he did something to get in the doghouse, but, like, Rex Burkhead is getting those touches, and it's paying off. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, no, I agree. It's weird that James White hasn't been a thing. I drafted him a couple places mm-hmm. thinking, like, I can't believe I got him in, like, the 12th round. Yeah. And it just, like, uh, yeah. he's off all my rosters now. And I think you're right. Burkhead's kind of taken that role, and he's excelling at it. I mean, he looked really good over the weekend. I was impressed watching him play. And that's a guy, I mean, that short-range passing game that he kind of plays into with Cam having a trash arm, that's the kind of pass plays they're looking for. Yeah. And, I mean, Rex is going to keep getting that, and he'll keep he'll keep getting those targets. How much, if you're out there right now, you're in a redraft league, Let we normally talk fab here, but let's talk waiver priority. If you're the number one to three claim like in order if you have the number one position are you burning it on rex burkhead you think Nate? if i need if i need a running back yeah um i would i'd be yeah, out definitely like i said i mean this decision for me is like splitting hairs like between the two but if right. i right if i have the priority I'll, I'll blow it on him no problem yeah excellent and uh you know from tom brady's former home to his, his new home down in tampa bay there uh, we're going to break down some wide receiver tandems here. Uh, and let's start in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, we knew a rebound game was coming, guys. Like, I hope everyone, all our <laughs> listeners, our readers out there, played Tom Brady. Like, he was a guy, he was on my start list uh, in my column last week. Like, like I, I, you know, after a loss, like, I think there was a stat that Tom Brady had about, he averaged about 23 fantasy points coming off a single-digit week. So you knew he was going to smash, and who were the beneficiaries of that? Well, obviously we talked. We, we know Gronk. He got in the end zone. Uh, but it was A.B., Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans, guys. They were all over 13 PPR points last week. Um, how do we see these three going forward? I mean, it worked. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean – I, I don't see it changing. I mean, Tom Brady's a guy that when he gets into a groove and something's working and if spread it out to those three guys, four guys, five guys works, do it. And, I mean, Ronald Jones has looked really good, which has opened up that yeah. passing game a ton. Leonard Fournette's looked like trash for the most part. But still, I mean, he has flashes where he looks good. And it's opened up that passing game so much. And I think that, I mean, all those guys, I think you almost have to play them every week, especially heading into the playoffs. Yeah, and t- I mean, in Tampa, just like Brady's now, what they're six and three, seven and three, and I don't think he wants to lose another game. No, I think yeah. he wants to not just win the division, but win it big. And if like, fantasy wise, I, those are guys you have. I think you have to play them. The the upside is just ridiculous, Tom. Yeah. As a lifelong Mike Evans truther, where do you <laughs> where do you rank these three? wide receivers the rest of the way like who do you want the most because for me it's mike evans because the touchdowns are there and and that's where i stand but where are you at um so for me a few things first of all uh i'm not sure how much news from florida gets gets up 
you guys way. But none, none Antonio baby. Brown, okay, <laughs> the day before, before he stepped on the field, okay, like for the first time with the Bucks, he got into a little tiff with the person at a, someone at his apartment complex, and he busted a security camera. Like he broke it. What? With his bike. The league what? is currently investigating this. So Wait. my my bold prediction here is that Antonio Brown won't be with the Bucks for that long. Wow. <laughs> Obviously, if you have him already, keep playing him. But please, if you don't have him, don't spend big to get him. Okay? It's not going to be worth it. <laughs> oh, man. When, when did that yeah. news come out, Tom? Do you know? Uh, I saw – I got the article from the Tampa Bay Times this morning. What? That's- investigating it i haven't heard that like on espn <laughs> or anyone that no it, i think they're waiting until somebody says somebody from the nfl officially is like hey we're considering you know suspicions and stuff but uh, from what i was reading they said that the league is not intending on like giving him any benefits of the doubt anymore which i mean obviously so <laughs> just keep an eye on that situation yeah um, aside from that, I agree with you, Nate and Seth. Tom Brady is on the warpath now. Like, we're coming into the stretch, uh, the back end of the season. Like, he's just going to start. I mean, it, however hard he played the first half of the season, he's going to go 10 times as hard the rest of the way. He, he's not going to take another embarrassing loss like that. And not if he can help it. So, I think Godwin's, Evans, and as for as long as AB stays on the field, AB, I would rank them Evans, Godwin, AB for rest of the season. Just because I think it, the more Evans builds rapport with him, the more he's going to get touchdowns. That's yeah. going to really put him over the top for points every week. Yep. Nate, where are you are, are you in agree, agreement there? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, the AB thing. Well, I can't. I'm not surprised. We knew something was going to happen. I didn't think he'd finish this. I didn't think he'd finish the season. So, but yeah, I mean, he's on the warpath, man. And you got to play those guys because when Tom Brady's on the warpath, I mean, homeboy don't lose. So, Mike Evans, like, if you guys watch that game at all, Mike Evans, like, his red zone targets were ridiculous. Like, it was every tooth two plays that that Tom Brady was getting back there and looking for Evans like that's what I want like maybe the yards aren't going to be there and that thousand yard streak is going to snap and maybe people will will look at it as a down year but it's all about those touchdowns baby like I need those six points like yeah I'll I'll get a couple receptions and some yards man but I want those six points fam and that's that's like that's Mike Evans for me I, I know we've been hyping him a lot up at it in between media the last couple weeks but like I'm going to stay, stay committed to that. I'm full Mike Evans. Well, he had that one week where he had, what is it, two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. Right. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so obviously Brady's going to throw to him. In the, they could be at the half-yard line, and you, Evans is still a danger to catch a touchdown pass. Right. So, Absolutely. yeah. Evans might – yeah. Yeah, I like that. And uh, kind of still on the topic here of wide receiver tandems, how about up in Pittsburgh this week, boys? Uh, it was a pretty nice one. Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, all wide receiver ones in week 10. Like, that, that's a pretty rare rare feat. Maybe we haven't seen since probably like the 2018 Los Angeles Rams. So w- where are you guys on Juju, Claypool, and Deontay? Like, it seems like, you know, s- sweet shit's going on there too. <laughs> it just seems at times so matchup-based just kind of depending on who's lining up where, but then I mean, this week they all went off. So I don't know. I I think those are, I haven't benched Claypool and I haven't cared about the matchup, but I know there are weeks he's been good and weeks he's not been great. Yeah. Negative. Yeah, I know. But then he has weeks like last week, his two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I mean, they pushed Jen out of winning that DraftKings league. We were in Seth. Oof. She was in second place, and Bo McBigtime took her over. Oh, old Bo. Old oh, Bo. Bo. I know. She was so mad. But you, I think these are guys you just you have to play. Deontay Johnson, I'm, I'm less in the camp of you have to play him every week. Everyone's hard on him, too. Everyone well, loves Deontay. I, I love him when he's healthy, but he yeah. gets hurt so much. Yeah, you don't want to play him and like him go out after the first series and not come back. I, I get right. that. Right. Yeah. I'd still play him if I had to, 
I wouldn't go and like search for somebody else or drop him. But out of those three, I mean, he's probably my least playable. Tom, how are you? Where do you rank the Steelers uh, wide receivers the rest of the way? And and how do you feel generally going forward here? Um, I feel pretty good about the Steelers. Uh, Definitely still. I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone's going to say Juju's not the top there for now. I mean, I just there's just no doubt to me that Juju is the one I want the most. Um, But Claypool, like I kind of agree with Nate. You know, he'll have his ups and downs, but like if I got him, I'm probably plugging him in my flex or my wide receiver two spot every week and just seeing what the heck happens. And um, like Nate said, it is a lot of matchup based. Like if, if you can kind of know what kind of you know wide receiver sets are go good against the defense that they're playing that week, you could definitely try to kind of nail down which people you should be starting of the group. But there's always, you know, the big Ben X factor too. I mean, he's old, but he still puts out those magic games every once in a while, just like this week, you know, where everybody's just going to win. Um, but I kind of want to stay away from Deontay a bit. I don't know. I call me a hater, but I just don't, I just don't trust that the production will be there consistently and regularly enough between games. So he's probably like the one down spot, I think, for me between the two of them, like between the three of the Pittsburgh receivers. Yeah, I I would agree with you. Like, like I would say other than the injury risk, I've really liked what I've seen from Deontay. He's a special player. And, you know, I, I've been listening to some pretty mainstream podcasts lately, and they've been calling him the next AB, which I, I think we need to slow down on. But he's a crafty guy. He come, He has great route running. He gets great separation. And, you know, every game that he's been healthy in, he's provided serviceable fantasy points so far. So I think we can we can just say, like, pretty consensusly here that if you have these Steelers wide receivers, like, they're not like the Bucks. You don't have to roll them out every week. But more weeks than not, you're probably going to be playing them, especially with the landscape right now. But pay attention to those cornerback matchups. We obviously know Juju. He excels in the slot uh, when there's a weak uh, slot corner on him. So, Pay attention to that type of stuff. We'll try to keep you up to date here. And then kind of rounding it out here, uh, our last wide receiver tandem we want to touch on tonight is uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Uh, I mean, guys, they they have – I don't want to say they've been bust, but they've been a little disappointing. They were going in the fourth or fifth round of of most redrafts, I'm going to say. And, I mean, their wide receiver, what, 23? 22 and 25 respectively 22 for woods 25 for cups so right there with each other but we just have not seen the the production they had stinkers once again here against seattle which is the best matchup in the world to have goff's just not that good man he just he had the ones yeah do you think there's some sort of curse when you lose in the super bowl to tom brady because look what happened to matt ryan like yeah, the league MVP, and then he just was like, <laughs> and Jared Goff just hasn't looked the same since they lost to New England in the Super Bowl. Like he's just not the same quarterback, which makes it hard. Like wide receiver twenty two and wide receiver twenty five, Goff is still throwing the ball sixty times a game, and they're not yeah. they're not winning as much as they have, and like Woods and Cup just aren't producing. Honestly, I. I- they are still throwing a lot, but like I came out and I said in my column last week that Jared Goff was a trap start and most, most consensus rankings had him in the top 10 because of strictly the matchup. But, but I knew, I knew Sean McVay was going to come out. He was going to get Daryl Henderson healthy. He was going to get Malcolm Brown some rest and Cam Akers was going to be featured in this one. And we saw exactly that. I don't think they want Jared Goff throwing that as much as he did last season. They didn't make the no. playoffs as the guy was throwing 50 attempts a game. So I, th- I think their strategy is to win with Aaron Donald wreaking havoc on the defensive line and running with those running backs. Like they'll let Coop and Woods do or Cup and Woods do what they have to do. But at the end of the day, like they're wide receiver twos and probably low ends at that moving forward. At best. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. There's just like golf is just not the same. It, like he just turned it. Yeah dumpster fire like I don't know if it was the Super Bowl that just shot his confidence into the garbage can but like he's just making such poor decisions like regularly bad throws just whiffing I just don't know what the heck happened to him he was such a good game manager the year they went to the Super Bowl and 
now it's just like you forgot how to playbook every week. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and now the the really sad thing is now too is like they don't have what they used to have in the offensive line. Andrew Whitworth just went out for probably the rest of the season in week ten. So that's going to be awful coming from your left tackle. You're not going to know what you're going to get on a consistent basis. So that's never a good thing to lose your left tackle, especially a guy like Whitworth who's out there every day grinding. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, guys, like, like we said, I mean, we kind of ranked this Buccaneers uh, passing game up front, Uh, the Steelers, they can be relied on in good matchups. And I mean, you probably have to start these Rams wide receivers going forward because there's not really much else out there, but you're not happy about it. Right. So, all right, boys. Well, why don't we get in some in the scope? I have the targets in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. This has been a long stead segment on our podcast. Uh, this is when we talk about free agents who will probably be out there tomorrow, possibly after your waivers run, or they're not going to cost much fab to get them. Um, Tom, why don't you kick us off here? Well, for me, um, I'm going to talk about Kellogg. Um, I know his last two years with Miami haven't been, like, the most impressive at all. I mean, he's literally had a couple good games here and there as he's gotten the chance to start because of injuries mostly. Um, he's only ever played 80% or higher snap share in three games in two and a half seasons. And uh, – he just was – I mean, obviously he got cut. He was just, you know, out on the waivers, and he got picked up by the Chargers. And this might be the best thing that's ever happened to his career. <laughs> right? Uh, goes out and puts up 16 points and then 15 points PPR respectively in the last two weeks. Um, he's definitely, like, worked himself above the aforementioned Joshua Kelly. <laughs> and uh, until Eckler comes back, he's the guy. And they have the Jets this week. Like, for goodness sake. Like, come oh. on. Like, if, if I'm, like, on the verge of locking down a playoff win, I'm spending, what, like, 10% of my fab to pick him up, even if I just get this one week out of him. Like, I want to put him in my flex. I want him playing. Um, but realistically, you know, I think he's definitely somebody that I want to pick up. I'm planning on only playing him this week, maybe next week, and then waiting to see whenever Eckler comes back. Um, just letting him sit that game and see what kind of role he's earned himself and a production he can get with Eckler back in the fold. Cause I think he's earned himself a pretty con I think that they will work him in there with that. Justin Jackson's on IR and, and we already talked about Joshua Kelly. That guy's poopy. Yeah. So, so I mean, you kind of have to start Kalen Bellage if, if you're yeah. picking him up and if he's out there in a lot of leagues, which I know a lot of people have been pretty RB needy. So I'm not, exactly sure what his roster percentage is in all formats right now but tom i agree with you here i think kaylin and, and that pains me to say because like the bellagio has been trashed for years so bad. <laughs> like, like this is a guy who i think like averaged something like one or or two yards per carry and reception last season like he's been trash but we mustn't forget the key ingredient to his trashness one Adam Gase, who he will be playing against this week. And it will be sweet justice when this man puts up <laughs> a point week against the butthole himself. <laughs> Nate, Nate, how much fab you rolling out there for Bellage? None. None? I don't. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's why it makes me feel that. dirty. I don't like it. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't trust it. I just don't trust it. I feel like I I feel kind of like it's fool's gold, and I don't know that because you know what's going to happen next week is it's going to be Troy Wayne Pope runs for 140 yards and three touchdowns, and Ballage has four touches and a fumble. Don't put don't put that energy out there. <laughs> I'm just telling you how I feel. That's hey, all. If that happens. I'll I just, be back pro next week. <laughs> I just I don't. I understand. I understand wanting this to happen. The guy deserves it, and I could be completely wrong. I just don't. I don't feel it. I don't. I. I think Troy Main Pope's a better back. I think the reason that Troy Main Pope didn't get the carries is because he was still a little bit dingy from his concussion, 
and I might be wrong and I'm not going to like die on a hill for it, <laughs> but I just don't, I just don't trust it. Defending I feel like it's a trap this week. Pope call, bro. You're defending your Pope call. <laughs> Listen, just oh no. My Troy mean Pope call last week was terrible. <laughs> awful. Like awful. I felt really bad for anybody who actually started him because of anything I said. <laughs> But I just like I thought about it and I looked at the stats. It's like he didn't even get a touch. Yeah, he didn't even get a snap. Yeah. Like, and I feel like he was there because if they really needed him to be there, they could roll him out. But they wanted to give him another week. I mean, he got dinged up pretty bad. Was but it, I yeah. could be wrong. Maybe Ballage's out touch Ballage. Look for me to be in a jacket that matches the seats in the stands, just with like a little red pointer light in his eyes. <laughs> Bro, Caleb Ballage <laughs> reminds me of like the bottom of a pool at a Motel 8 or something. Like, I mean, <laughs> like I would prefer not to go there unless times are really desperate. Right, right, right. But I mean, I guess des- your bet? if I was <laughs> desperate, I would probably grab him and, you know, cross my fingers. Like said, and- I'm counting on what, however, this week and possibly one more if Eckler doesn't play next week. But right. I, all bets are off and I rescind my support of Caleb Ballage until proven otherwise well but and if he plays well over the next couple of weeks he probably still has a role in that offense with Eckler that's what I'm hoping for yeah which makes yeah I guess we'll see man all right (laughs) it's true Uh, all right why don't you bring us another RB in the scope candidate here so Tom I I like Salvin Ahmed me too I listen he's only down there because I just don't know totally work that's uh, that's fair so here's what i like about him he has no competition in that backfield right now none i mean patrick laird but obviously patrick laird isn't gonna be the guy so ahmed had a 75 percent snap share he had 16 fantasy points 21 carries 85 yards and a touchdown i mean four yards per carry he's what he's Barely rostered, like it's pathetic. Five percent, five percent. He's five percent rostered. Like you can go out and get this guy for nothing, for nothing. And they play. Who's Miami play this week? They play Denver. Denver. It's like the Denver Jets and Cincy. I think are are their next three. So it is. Yeah, a no schedule. Denver Jets, Cincy, then uh, Kansas City. That might be a tough one. But then New England, and for the championship, they're playing Las Vegas. Las Vegas doesn't have a great run defense. No. And I mean, no. Gas- and Gaskin's going to be back eventually. Like, I understand that. But I think that if he – like a Ballard situation, he plays well enough. When Gaskin comes back, you've got a two-back backfield. Yeah. He yeah. earns his role. And, and, and maybe at that point he's not – startable but he could be yeah it, it's going to depend i think a lot on miles gaskin's health and how much they give him when he first comes back like i don't expect a full workload for miles gaskin who was you know seeing 25 carries earlier in the season in some right contests so like they're definitely going to be careful with gaskin going forward especially now that they're probably sitting in a playoff spot as well um I think Salvin Ahmed here, Nate, I think he's the perfect definition of it in, in the scope category. Uh, like, like he's not going to go out and he's probably not going to be a league winner, but he's going to be a guy who you're not going to spend barely any fab on, if any at all. You can grab him cheap. You can play right. him for a couple weeks. And like, like you could ride with him. Like talk about Matt Breida blowing his opportunity. Like this guy, every time a, a team wants to be like, all right, you're the guy. Where's Matt Breida been? Injured no as always, trash, yeah. trash. I mean, he had he had a stretch in San Francisco where he looked decent, but I mean, really, since then, it's just like nothing. Yeah, and I, I definitely don't mean to sound like I was like crapping on him earlier. Oh no, it's fine. I know, I know you yeah. were. I know you were. You know, it's, I just it's would, cool. I would have had him higher in my rankings just because of last week, which that's probably not fair. It's kind of recency bias. Yeah, I think I, I just but, wanted to hedge against it just because I don't want somebody to be like, oh, the rest of the season rankings, he's like number six. I should go totally. out and yeah. spend up on him. Right, I just yeah. totally I mean, honestly for these next few games, like no no doubt. Yeah, I fire him up. Get my hands on Bellage, I'll go pick him up like right now. 
because all half my leagues I'm like short on RBs right now anyway, so I'm just like hunting. Yeah, I'm pretty bad too. All right, yeah. Seth, I want I want to hear yours. All right, boys, I'm gonna because I like it. Little, I'm, 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 I didn't look at the show. I didn't look at your pick yet until just now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm going to throw out a little wild card here. Uh, my in the scope candidate for week 11, Taysom Hill, baby. Uh, you got to keep in mind right now that Taysom Hill is actually tight end and QB eligible in most formats, including ESPN sleeper. Uh, those are really the only ones we need to care about. Let's be honest. Um right. not trying- not trying to plug CBS Sports right now. Not trying to plug uh, Yahoo, anything like that. But so, like, Taysom Hill, we, we knew this coming into the season that he was going to be eligible, but we thought Drew Brees was going to be healthy. Um, the tight end landscape, guys. Oh, outside of Travis Kelsey right now, like, we know Zach Ertz is hurt. We know that George Kittle was down. Uh, it's been a pretty atrocious. Last week in week 10, Mark Andrews and Rob Gronkowski tied for the tight end one with 13.1 PPR points. Like that's where we're at right now. Oh, even, Darren, even Darren Waller can't be counted on half these weeks. It seems like, which is ridiculous because we saw on, on a Monday night in like what week three or four, what, oh, what Darren off. Waller could do. Yeah. And if you're needy for a tight end and like, there's a league where I have Jimmy Graham as my only tight end. And there is nobody out there. Like it's like Irv Smith Jr. and a couple of the Houston tight ends. Like uh, I'm going after Taysom Hill, guys. Like you're not going to spend a lot of fab. He has over 130 rushing yards in his last three games. He's legit a thing. Like whether oh, yeah. they or not, like especially now without Breeze, like he's probably going to be getting. He has a floor of like 40, 40 like rushing yards probably. So yeah. I, I think you at least have to think about him when you're thinking about setting your t- tight end each week oh yeah 100 percent. i got him for free last week and actually had to start him at quarterback because i didn't have another option been there, which, been there yeah dude but i mean going forward yeah like i agree i mean he's eligible to play as a tight end we're not seeing production at tight end it's better than trying someone like harrison bryant and getting a big fat zero yeah you know yep. like i'd rather have hill in there because he does so many different he could get he could throw for a touchdown, and he could rush for a touchdown. He could catch a touchdown pass. The forty yard, forty yard rushing day would be great from him. I'd take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he he's a threat to score a touchdown on a weekly basis. He has the rushing floor. It, he's utilized, man. And now without Drew Brees, they need playmakers there. Michael Thomas isn't the same guy. We we've seen that. I don't know what's going on there. That that could be a whole podcast episode in itself but right i, I mean they have well, kamara there guys and outside of kamara like Taysom hill is kind of their best weapon well i you know i'm interested to see what happens with Jameis winston going mm-hmm. forward because i mean he the boy's got some weapons and if he can was, get better at his checkdowns and progressions yeah I mean, you're looking at a guy who's like okay well they're definitely going to re-sign him because they need a quarterback because we all know this is breeze last year Probably. I don't know. I don't know. Dude, I can't. Injury? After that rib injury, I can't. I mean, there's. At what point are you? Do you say I'm done, man? Like I'm 40 years old. I just broke five of my ribs and punctured a lung. Like, yeah. He he. His last two contracts have been very team friendly. Like he's clearly staying. You know, mostly to be with the team and to try to win. He wants to win. Punctured a lung might just be too much. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have a hot take here. I'm gonna like. Just maybe not even a top take, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, what happens if Drew Brees comes back this year and he kind of pulls like an old Peyton Manning and just like relies on a great defense, Alvin Kamara, stellar run game, some great wide receiver options, and like wins a chip? Like, I could see it. I could see him coming back for the playoffs and doing that. Not not because of anything he's done, but the Saints have looked pretty damn good this season. I can see that. How long would it take for him to heal five broken ribs well enough to play again? Oh, I saw somebody on a Facebook discussion, fo- fantasy football discussion page, and it was like, well, Drew Brees will be back in two weeks. I'm not a doctor, and I don't actually know how long it takes to heal five broken ribs. I think it's like a four to – it can be a four to six-week injury. He could be back in time for the playoffs. Well, my, hot take, my hot take is Jameis Winston, 
Michael Thomas is just going to pretend like he's going to be like, oh, it's not Drew Brees now. I'm cool. <laughs> and I think things are going to go things are going to go swimmingly. Jameis Winston will throw four touchdowns, four interceptions, 400 yards, just like he always does. I don't know. Yeah. It always feels like a trap to me. Yeah. I never pull the trigger on it. He's too gadgety. Like, if Jameis Winston puts out numbers like he did in Tampa Bay, I just don't think you'll see him do much of anything. Between Cook, Kamara, and if Michael Thomas comes back online in any meaningful way, right? That's all Jameis Winston needs. I'm right. throwing him out in the Penn League this week, Tom. I'm firing him up, just so you know. I'm coming. I mean, this will be another moment where I'm willing to eat crow next week, but <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to about do it for our fantasy advice portion of the show. We're going to round it out here the best way we, we always like to here on the In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast with a segment we like to call Weekly Advice. Weekly, Weekly. Weekly advice is really just a segment that we normally try to give a couple tips going into the next week of the fantasy football season that sometimes they're fantasy related. Sometimes they're strictly life related. Um, guys, it's been, it's been a crazy year and I kind of just want to give this opportunity for both you, you gentlemen and myself to kind of get up here on a soapbox and kind of talk about whatever you want for the closing minutes of these show. So, uh, Tom, why don't you kick it off for us? All right. For me, this this week, I'm going to get up on a soapbox, talk about something. It is going to be that it is holiday season. It is a happy time. Be happy. I know this year is going to be weird. Everything is going to be different than we're used to. There's a COVID pandemic going on. But. People are still going to do a ton of holiday shopping. Like, I drove by the mall in, like, my local area here last weekend, and it is jam-packed. Like, you wouldn't know anything we're going on right now. So, please, I beg of people. Okay, I've worked pretty much exclusively in the service industry my whole life. Holiday season is always the worst time of year. So, please, be extra nice to people this year. Don't be a dick. Please, yeah. I beg of you. I don't care what setting it takes place in. There's going to be a lot more online shopping, a lot of shipping going on this year instead of in-person store purchases. So if you're on the phone with customer service because packages showed up wrong, you got only got half your order, whatever, just take a step back, take a deep breath, and remember that those people are probably also suffering at yeah. some point yeah. this year. You know, you yeah. never know. You could get on the phone with someone who's been on customer service for like six days because they just lost their job last week. Because their company had to shut down or whatever. So like just just be nice to people, extra nice this year. Everyone's on edge. And I promise you, it will just make everyone's lives better if you're just nice to everyone this holiday season. Amen, man. Tom, I love it. At the end of the day, man, like you never know what someone's going through. So just try just try to be a positive experience in their day. Thank you for that. I appreciate that, man. All right, who wants to go next? Who wants to – the soapbox is emptied. You got it, Nate. I think we got to let Seth finish. Yep, Nate, you got it. All right. So uh, just keep on keeping on, guys. It's been a really weird year, like really weird year. I can't believe I'm on a live stream. I can't <laughs> believe it. Every It's just – it's with everything going on and the virus ramping up and everything strange, like just remember, like you can only control what you can control, which is – Mostly yourself. Let those other things just go because otherwise you're just going to be miserable. This is already a bad time of year for a lot of people. So just chill, man. Control what you can control and enjoy the moment. Enjoy time with your family when you can. Remember, a life's not that bad if you if you just put a smile on your face. That's Absolutely. all. Love it. Love it, bro. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Definitely, dude. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, so I want to close things out by kind of talking about uh, something really personal to me. It's uh, I want to feature a writer who's got me through a lot of bad times in my life, and uh, it's ESPN's Matthew Barry. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you've obviously heard the name Matthew Barry. 
I mean, this guy is the goat of the fantasy industry. Like fantasy football is only on TV, on serious radio, all these things, partially because of Matthew Barry. Like he's been a huge, huge supporter of this industry. And he's just been a voice, you know, for, for two decades now. And I want to start by saying this, like Matthew Barry, his book really helped me get through a lot of bad times in my life. When I was younger, when I was in high school, reading A Fantasy Life, if you haven't checked it out yet, I highly recommend you do. But that inspired me to give fantasy sports writing a shot. Yeah, I think I was 19. I was reading my student newspaper at my collegiate uh, alma mater there. And I realized because of Matthew Barry that I could do this. And And his style of combining life and fantasy football advice, it spoke to me. And that's what started Start, Sit, and Seth, my column. That's what started in between media and my love for what we do now. Like there wouldn't be an in between media without Matthew Barry. And I just want to say, like, I know a lot of people have probably noticed in the last week that Matthew Barry's column is behind a paywall now, ESPN plus as they call it. And I know a lot of people are upset about this. And while I myself was definitely really taken back by this as someone who used to write behind a paywall, I know that it's not something Matthew Barry wants, but at the end of the day, it, it's something he's dealing with. And like, if you've been paying attention to the news whatsoever, you know ESPN, they've lost a lot of revenue. They've laid off, they're going to be laying off 300 to 500 people within the next month. So like, it's a rough time for them as well, going back to what Tom said. And like, at the end of the day, like, I know you're frustrated that pretty much all of ESPN's fantasy articles now are now behind the plus platform and behind that paywall. But like, I just want you to know that like, none of these guys, like Tristan H. Cockroft, Mike Clay, Field Gates, Matt Barry, they don't want this to happen. They're simply doing it because that's what their company is mandating and they're going to stick it out. They're, you're not going to give a job up at ESPN because you're tilted and you're, and you're slighted. Like, I mean, I, I can't speak for Matthew Barry, but from a guy who's read his love-hate column just about every week for the last five, six years, who's read his book, like, this killed Matthew Barry. And, like, don't go out just being a dick on Twitter. Like, I'm t- I, that really bothers me when people are going out being a dick, acting like it's his fault. Like, dude, the, the man is giving this, has given this game, this industry, his entire life. Just, just be cool and, like, like, just know it's not his fault. I, I know that was a long rant for that, but like, I just think it's important to know. It's all right, man. You're not wrong. Everything's weird. Everything's weird now. Yeah, everything is weird. And Seth is right. Don't be a dick to Matthew Berry on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it wasn't his idea, first of all. And second, if it was his idea, if he had yeah. anything to do with it, his article going behind a paywall will probably lessen the number of people who get laid off by ESPN. Yep. Yeah, totally. And making more yeah. money is going to allow them to keep more people employed. So, right. I mean, you just kind of got to roll with it for now. Like, it is what it is. Writers don't just magically print money out of thin yeah. air. You got to get paid somehow. We don't? People who support <laughs> you. So. Like, it, it happens, you know? <laughs> I mean, guys, it, it sucks, but it's a reality right now of our industry. It, you yeah. know, if ESPN, the biggest fantasy provider – probably out there in the world is struggling. Like, like it speaks volumes to the rest of the industry. So let's continue to be supportive of everyone that, you know, that includes the the big names down to the the small names. Uh, We appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. We appreciate everyone uh, tuning in this entire season and supporting us, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's checking out our columns, our podcasts, the live streams, like, we really can't thank thank you guys enough. It, it's been an incredible journey so far, and I can't wait to see where it goes. All right, everybody, Tom? have a good night. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Take care. Good Thanks everybody. everyone again. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Weekly. Weekly. Weekly.